Hey Tubes, it's Kate here. I'm getting tired of caring about the environment. Am I a bad person? Thanks so much. Hello there, friend. You are listening to Hey Tubes, where we are figuring out, can we save the planet but make it fashion? Oh, what an eternal question. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and we are also the founders of footwear label Tubes. Plus we're sisters and we do everything together, except we live in different states, so we don't see each other most of the time. But today we are together. True. So you've got us side by side. Well, because we like to record podcasts when we're together because then we just get to banter and chit chat and hang and do all the fun things that sisters love to do together. Yeah. And let's be honest, we have most of these conversations off air and then we just jump on and have them on air too. So many times we'll be sitting in a team meeting and we'll be like, ugh, we should have recorded this team meeting because all we do half the time is just give our thoughts. Existential crises. (laughs) On the environment, on fashion, on life. It's a pretty standard day in the life of tubes. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, I love this question that we are answering today. I'm tired of caring about the environment. Am I a bad person? The reason I love the question is because... I'm tired of caring about the environment. Am I a bad person? Can I tell you what this reminds me of? Leanne Locken, who is a Real Housewife of Dallas. I grew up a carny kid. Play games with me? Mm, You're going to pay. And one time she was tired. I don't remember what, of something that housewives are tired of. I think maybe arguing. And she was like, my weave is exhausted. My panty liner is exhausted. And <laughs> I remember that. That's how I feel. Yeah, same. I'm exhausted. So I can't tell you whether or not you're a bad person because I am that person too. I'm so tired and I feel like we're all tired and the climate fatigue is real you know caring about climate change but also just the general fatigue is real Mm. like there's so much going on in the world at the moment it's on our doorsteps it's on the other side of the world it's everywhere and I feel like every time I speak to somebody and I'm like how are you like asking in a sincere way the answer is so often Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is a really big word. Two people have already said that to me today. I had an appointment with my therapist yesterday and she reflected back to me. She's like, I've heard you say the word overwhelmed a lot of times in this call. Yeah. We're just all overwhelmed. I know. And obviously, I mean, it goes without saying that so much of the reason that we're overwhelmed is because we're constantly being bombarded with all the bad news going on in the world, which like is very sad and our heart obviously goes out. But I think what we're all experiencing right now collectively is how unproductive it is to be smashed with bad news all freaking day. Yeah. And the thing is, I saw something the other day that was talking about how 
the world has always been an overwhelming place. Like we're, right now we're all like, oh, war, shocking. And yeah, war is shocking. Yeah, like war, poverty, climate change. It's, it's like, all bad. It's all bad. And can I tell you, I listened to Ram Dass, this incredible spiritual guru's podcast. It's called Here and Now. And I listen to these talks that are from like the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. And he's already talking about climate change and the earth being destroyed and all this stuff. So we think it's like new things. But then when you listen back, like we've known this for ages all of this stuff this horrific stuff has always been going on but the difference is we used to only know what was going on locally around us like that was really what was in the news you'd hear things from friends you even with newspapers it was more like this is what's happening in your country and what this was saying that I saw was talking about how we didn't used to know about it and it didn't used to be in our field of awareness. And I guess there are obviously so many positives that come with that because it's impossible to get away with anything now as a government or as a country or anything without us in the free world knowing about it, which is awesome. And we can take action on these things. But as an individual, it's really bloody exhausting to know what's going on in the whole world all of the time. Well, and I think that where it starts to be a problem is it freezes us in exhaustion and overwhelm because that's not where action comes out of. And the thing that you had seen that you showed me was talking about how we can think globally and that's okay, but we need to act locally and that's how we're going to start to feel more empowered. And that really resonated with me because so often when I see stuff, I'm like, oh, I can't help. It's so intense. But the reality of it is I can help within my sphere. I just can't help what's going on in the other side of the world. Yeah, true. Another thing I saw about this recently that I really liked was Damon Gamo, who is so freaking fantastic. And if you don't follow him on Instagram, highly encourage you to go and give him a follow. If you haven't heard of him, he's the filmmaker behind That Sugar Film and 2040. And he was being interviewed, I want to say it was on ABC, about the fact that we really need the news cycle to slow down for climate's sake, that we are constantly being bombarded with news every single day. And our appetite for it is just getting faster and faster and faster. And we're consuming so much information that it makes anything really hard to like cut through that noise and especially if you look at something like climate that requires like long-term planning long-term action long-term knowledge that this like really sped up news cycle is so unhelpful for the cause yeah because we're not even thinking about climate half the time we're focused on all this other stuff that's going on it feels like climate's not really getting the attention that it needs Mm, totally So there are so many ways that I personally am feeling tired and there are so many things that I feel like start to slip as a result of that. And I've noticed that I am taking shortcuts and doing some things that I'm not feeling that great about. Mm, And can I tell you what else? So I felt like over the last few years, I've become like a climate warrior and I wear that like a badge and I insist on doing everything the correct way. And I'm really militant about the way that I follow my rules. And I feel like I'm carrying the team. And I feel like over the last few months, I've been so exhausted by the lack of action in our government, by the lack of action in the important businesses that need to take the right steps that aren't 
freaking doing it that I've been like, guys, I'm out here. I've got it on my back. And then I just like, I feel like three months ago, I just like threw it all up in the air and I like stomped my feet and I threw a hissy fit. And I'm like, well, if you guys aren't going to even try, why am I doing it all? And I feel like, you know, before I would never allow myself to get a coffee without a keep cup. Like if I forgot my keep cup at home, sorry, Jess, you're not allowed to have a coffee today unless you want to sit down and actually spend the time. Now I let myself have a takeaway single use cup and <gasps> I know and I'm getting- The very thing that we would have judged other people for. I know. And like, you know, I started shopping a bit more because I was like, I love shopping. You assholes can't even like stop producing coal. I'm going to go shop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, I just feel like I have completely let myself go. Yeah. Can I tell you when I really need to let myself go or I catch myself letting go is if I have to clean out the fridge and I haven't done it in like three weeks and there's just like funky shit sitting in the back of my fridge in like single use containers. And usually I would like totally rinse them out and put the food in the compost and wash them and reuse them. But sometimes I'm just tired and I don't have time like to stand there for an hour and sort out my gross moldy food scraps. So I just chuck things in the recycle bin and they have food in them still. And I'm just like, I can't deal with this. And nobody else is doing it. Like everybody else is just chucking everything in their bins. So why should I sit here recycling? and composting and doing all this stuff when nobody else is. And then the question arises, am I a bad person? And I think that like it's worth saying at this point, like we didn't just jump on here to complain for the sake of complaining. We could have done that without microphones in front of our faces and like probably do on the regs. But we do feel like this is a really common collective experience that we're all going through. And I think that when you're going through an experience, unless you're like actively saying it super out loud, you're not really aware that everyone else is feeling the same way. And so this is just a moment to be like, oi, if you're feeling like this, same. Same. It's really hard right now. It's really hard. And I think what comes to mind for me is what Eleanor Hasenfratz shared on this podcast a few weeks ago on that episode titled, But Isn't the Climate Always Changing? She shared with us how big corporations actually invented this idea of the carbon footprint, like what is each individual's impact on carbon? How are we negatively impacting the environment? as individuals to make us feel guilty and to take the spotlight off them so that we forget that they're the ones that are really needing to create the change. Like these big corporations, like you said, the coal, the oil, all this stuff that's still going on. And it feels like we end up putting all of this pressure on ourselves that we need to be perfect. Recently, I was living at our cousin's place for a while. And while she was away, I noticed that she had had all these containers around, like things that she that might have had Vegemite or pickles in them and those kinds of stuff. And she was keeping those jars. And so I was like, good one. I should be keeping all those jars too because why would I throw anything in the recycling bin? So I was like very meticulously like washing and putting away like everything. And when she got home, she burst out laughing and she was like, Oi, Steph, how many jars do you think I need? Because I had accumulated this whole cupboard full of all these jars because I was like, oh, we must never throw anything away. And she's someone who really cares about the environment. And so I would always look to her for advice on this stuff. And I realized in that moment that I had been being so hard on myself. Like mm. it felt like if I recycled a single 
previous jam jar that I would just be literally letting down the entire climate. Like I was putting the whole weight of climate change on my own shoulders. Mm. And I was like, here's her who does so bloody much in this space and who knows so much. And if she thinks I'm being ridiculous and she doesn't even think it's a big deal to just, you know, recycle a bunch of jars, then, oh, okay, wow. Like I'm really holding myself to too high of a standard here. No wonder we're fatigued. No wonder those of us who really feel what's going on and really feel like it's up to us to change things when these multi-billion dollar corporations aren't changing anything, of course we're too tired to care. Mm, Well, and I think listening to you, it's so clear to me as well that so much of what has led to our exhaustion is an overworking Like in the same way that if you work too hard at work, you get burned out. Mm. I feel like maybe if you are all consumed by it for so long and you're not seeing like active change where you want to be seeing it, you also get burned out. It's the exact same feeling. And that burnout doesn't lead to anything productive. Like I have never done anything productive from a burned out place. I've just yelled at people and I've been angry and I've just been terrible to be around. Yeah. And I think that that comes back to like a lot of conversations we have about tubes where it's like, let's find the people who don't want to actually actively make changes. They don't want to like completely stop wearing the things they love and start wearing Hessian sacks. They want to still be wearing things that are cool, but easily have a swap for them. And I think that's the thing that unless there are easy swaps, like a one for one, you know, like if the government or the local council would just put compost bins on the streets so that we all have, I don't even think we have recycle bins half the time. They just have a rubbish bin. But if there was a rubbish bin, a recycle bin and a compost bin on the street, then it would be easy to do the right thing. You know, if people are swapping out, I know they're not as good as keep cups, but if people are swapping out things like biopack and things made from plant-based oils rather than single use plastics, then that would be a much easier swap and everybody's going to do it. But I think that Yeah, if it is going out of your way so much to like change your whole life, like you said, you end up getting burnt out. Mm, Yeah, totally. And I feel like now is a good place to say that we had a brainstorm and we found ourselves some answers. Mm -hmm. So we were feeling exhausted. We were feeling like bad people. I think maybe we should say, no, you're not a bad person if you're just exhausted by the environment. And we should like fully address this question and say, you're just a normal human being dealing with normal human being shit. Totally. Like I don't have kids, but I hear people say that like they love their kids, but they can't stand their kids. And I feel like this is one of those situations where we love the planet and we care, but also we're fucking tired of caring. Yes, exactly. I feel like we've said the F-bomb so many times on this podcast. I didn't even know that we did that on this podcast anymore. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, things we've come up with. Let's go somewhere more positive with it. 
something that we discussed is social media. I have someone on my feed right now that is obviously in a place where she wants to share the most doomiest, gloomiest stuff about the environment. That's her way of contributing. That's great for her. Every time I see it, I want to die. Like I want to cry. I want to crawl back into my hole. I can't handle what she's posting. And like she's posting it with amazing intentions. She's in the headspace to deal with that right now. I'm not in the headspace to deal with it right now. It's not her problem that I'm feeling that way. She can continue to post. It's making her feel good. It's probably impacting some people in a great way. It's my responsibility to deal with that content, to either, you know, take some time away from social media or to actually just mute her stories, which would be really productive for my mental health and give me a little bit of space and air that I need from the doom and gloom in order to be able to take intentional action. Oh my God. I feel like this is reminding me of that poem or something that you read us from Instagram recently and it said on it, so we scroll to remember, so we scroll to forget. And that's what I really feel like with social media is that we feel bad not being informed and we feel bad and guilty cutting ourselves off from what's going on. So we scroll to remember what's happening. Mm, because we feel like we should. Yeah, because we feel like we have to. We, we feel an to obligation yeah. to, be, uh, to be informed with what's going on, but it's so difficult to be consuming it all of the time in that way that we end up scrolling to forget in that we're numbing ourselves. We just end up, you you know, how often do you go on just for a quick little hit and then you end up like mindlessly doing it for an hour. And the more you don't want to be doing it, the more you keep scrolling. And recently with all the flooding that's happened around Northern New South Wales and Queensland, obviously I live in Byron Bay, so I've really been amongst it. Uh, And I really felt an obligation to like, I joined all the Facebook groups that were the flood relief groups and I was giving in the way that I could and I was going and helping in the way that I could. But even beyond doing that, I just felt like I needed to stay informed and I was constantly on the Facebook groups and I would notice I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be feeling great. And then within an hour of like, I'd still be sitting there scrolling on it and I was just consuming it out of guilt and out of not knowing what to do. And it was freezing me and it was overwhelming me. And I just ended up getting to a point where I was like, this isn't healthy for me. I need to stop looking at this. I need to close my Facebook down. I don't even have the Facebook app. I deleted that ages ago, but I just go on my Safari or whatever. And I really felt how making the conscious shift to do things, just stepping out of that and giving myself permission to step off of Facebook and not look all the time I really needed that and it really helped to make me unfatigued and to be able to give when I can give. Well, and I think that what you touch on there is so interesting because we're in a time where like I will put on the Instagram troll warrior and like respond to that by saying, well, that's a privilege that people who were affected by the floods don't have. Therefore, you need to consume it. And I actually like want to voice that and say that like I and I know you really disagree with that idea because I love that we don't disagree with each other. So you just brought in a hypothetical troll to bring this up because it was important. Yeah, it's an important thing to address because my brain went there the moment you said that because I've seen that reaction so many times. And I think that while, yes, absolutely, it is a privilege to be able to look away from these things if you weren't the ones who are affected by it. In reality, 
where I feel like this idea is flawed is that it is not helpful for me to consume that stuff if my end result is I'm unable to help. I'm unable to contribute. I'm unable to do anything. I'm even unable to be kind to my neighbors or my colleagues. Or yourself. Or myself because I'm so overwhelmed by what's going on. And so I would say that in those moments when you are feeling that way, the best thing that you could do for the floods is to look away from it so that you're not paralyzed by it and so that you can actually take action from a place of giving rather than a place of like total depletion, which is not helpful for anyone. Well, yes. And in that exact same vein, taking time for yourself, like not just not being on social media, but also actively doing things that light you up, that make you feel good are really important in these scenarios, you know, putting on your own oxygen mask before you put on somebody else's. It's an important analogy. And in Byron recently, I heard so many people and I felt this too. And that there was a real sense in the community that those of us who were fortunate enough to still have our houses and our belongings and everything totally safe, felt so guilty about doing anything other than helping or talking about it, which I think completely applies to climate change as well. And I heard one woman in my Pilates class said to me, I had a bath the other day and I just burst out crying because uh, here I am having this beautiful bath while people don't have a roof over their heads. And yes, like we all feel that guilt and that guilt is real, but that guilt is paralyzing and there's no action to be taken. I can't be helpful to somebody if I'm paralyzed with that overwhelm and with that guilt. And it took me a couple of weeks to be like, okay, I need to do things that light me up. I actually, a friend of mine ran a circle where we all went and it was a connection circle. And we talked about how we were feeling as a result of the floods and people shared stories and people shared what they were able to do and what they weren't able to do. And, you know, that could be seen as selfish. We could say, we could sit here and say, no, I shouldn't be going to a sharing circle when someone doesn't have a roof over their heads. But so many people shared how they were going and cleaning people's houses and ended up having these amazing, joyous moments with these people who had lost everything. And I just think this is all part of being human. And we've lost this ability, particularly with social media, to hold it all and to acknowledge that we all have a rainbow of emotions and of states of being. And we need to be able to take care of ourselves in order to hold each other through these things and in order to hold these big issues like climate change. Mm, Totally. Oh, I wonder how the Tubes community is going to feel about this. (laughs) I can't wait to hear. Yeah. And I think within that, if you are feeling this level of fatigue and, you know, wondering if you're a bad person, like the importance of surrounding yourself with positivity rather than negativity is so massive. And that can be in the content you're consuming. And that can also be in the food that you're eating and in the people that you're surrounding yourself with and the things that you're reading. You know, you don't need to watch Seaspiracy if you're feeling this way, you can actually watch Big Little Farm on Stan and it's still about the environment and you're still learning and you're still nourishing yourself in that way. But it is the feelest, goodest watch you will ever watch. And I think that there's such a difference in that in 
scaring us into action versus uplifting us into action. And I think maybe we've all gotten caught in the trap of being scared into action. And I think now is a time where we need to find the inspiration to actually light ourselves up and move from that place rather than like the yucky place that we're all feeling we're in. And I think we think we put this pressure on ourselves that we need to be motivated by fear and we need to see that stuff, the scariest stuff. And I feel like that's a narrative that we need to let go of because it's paralyzing us all. And we've all been through enough the last couple of years, no matter how privileged or what our position is, everybody in their own way has been going through their own thing. And we need to not be fatigued. You know, we need to not be tired. Yeah, we need to take action. So like now is the time for that. Yeah. So I like that this episode has ended up being take care of yourself so you can take care of others and the earth because it's what we need. So It's okay to be tired, to take some time out, to do what you need to for yourself. And then we'll come back to it and we'll be better for it and we'll be able to contribute a whole lot more and in better ways. Hey, Tubes! Okay, let's lighten it up in here, shall we? We shall. I think it's time for us to move into a segment, this one that we like to call Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. I am so excited to share this story with you this week because I'm really genuinely very proud of myself. Okay, great. We can't wait to hear it. So I've had so many weddings over the last couple of months. I think I've had, I will have had eight maybe and a lot of hens and boxes and things. It's wedding season. We're deep in it. It's wedding season. And I really didn't want to buy a dress this wedding season. I just wanted to wear the dresses that I already had. And so I did that for all the weddings that I went to. And it was fine. And it was fun. And now I've gotten to wedding eight and it's my very good friend. And I want to look pretty and I want to wear something new. And my mind says, (laughs) I'm going to buy a dress. (laughs) And I went back and forth. No, you can't buy a dress. No, we we said we wouldn't. You've come so close. Like you're on the eighth wedding. Don't buy a dress for the eighth wedding. But I want to, but I want to. That's like my internal dialogue. I even found the dress I was going to buy. And I told Bianca about it in our office. And I was telling her, I don't know. I'm really umming and ahhing, rah, rah, rah. But I found this dress. I think I'm just going to buy it. Where was it from? It was Sir the Label. It was like brown, long sleeve, sheer, button down. It was gorgeous. Very nice dress. Happy with that. And then I gave it a couple of days because you've always got to give it a couple of days. And then basically one night I'm thinking about whether or not I should buy this dress. And then a little voice in my head that I think was Vaughn and Shu from our rental episode, their voices came into my head and said, why don't you just rent a dress? <gasps> Why don't I just rent a dress, Vaughn Shoe? You're so clever. <laughs> and so rather than buying this dress, I went on a few rental platforms and I actually found some seriously cute stuff like Zimmerman and Aj and all these like really nice labels that I would genuinely like to wear. And I've rented a dress off a nice girl that lives in St. Kilda East, which is right around the corner from my house. It's so easy. The wedding's on Sunday. I'm picking it up on Saturday and then I'm dropping it back to her on Monday. Bing, bang, boom, baby. Yay. Love that for you. Well done. 
And it was a great rental platform. So good. Found so much good stuff on there. And I had to weed through some of the bad platforms. So I'm going to put the platform that I rented from in our Facebook group. Tubes, a kind of community. So if you're interested, come on over there. See you there. Okay, so mine is, so I sometimes will go and get a facial from my favorite place in Byron and I love it there. But then at the end, they're always a little bit pushy about- They're trying to sell you shit. They're trying to sell me shit. And I always walk out of there with way too many things that I don't need. I'm never going to use. I'm never going to take those tablets. Like just total waste of money and it's a total waste of stuff. And so this time I went in and I gave myself the pep talk that I always give myself and I waited till the very end of the facial where she came out and she was like, all right, so these products and these products and like, you know, I felt myself getting tempted, but like that internal voice was just like, no, no. (laughs) I was like, no way. So I think I stood there with like the stonest, coldest look on my face accidentally because I was trying so hard to just not engage. And I'm like, I don't need anything. Here's Mm. the thing. I don't need anything. And I've cut my routine down to literally a cleanser and a moisturizer. And that is all I need. I don't need anything else. And the reason is because I had some other products and I was using them for a bit, but then I stopped using them for a bit and it made no bloody difference. Oh my God. Should I cut my routine? Probably. Like I remember when B found on TikTok, people talking about that they literally just use like a Dove soap bar. Yeah. The Dove soap bar. Yeah. Like, and I think there's some truth to that. Anyway, I use an expensive cleanser. I use an expensive moisturizer and I have a sunscreen. So like those are my things. I don't need anything else, but there's so much room for them to weasel in there and be like, well, you don't have a serum and you don't have an eye cream. Mm, And you don't don't have an exfoliant. You don't have a mask. And if your moisturizer is sounding like it's a little bit thick, I'm thinking we should use a thinner one. Anyway, I must've stood there with the coldest, stonest look on my face because she literally apologized to me. She was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like you don't actually need to buy anything. Like I just wanted to tell you about it. And I was like, all good. And I was like, I know if I say anything or if I engage in any way in this conversation, it's going to end up with me buying something. So I just stood there. I shut the hell up and I didn't buy anything. Oh, good for you. You're a better woman than I. (laughs) As always next time. All right. Well, that is us for today. We hope you enjoy this episode. And if you did, please send it to a friend. That's how we get the word out about this podcast. Text it over to a friend and just say, hey, I love this podcast. And I think you will too. We would really, really appreciate your support in that way. And we want more people getting involved in these kinds of conversations. Back in your ears next Monday. See you then. Bye. Thank you so much to our podcast producer, Amelia Navasquez, our podcast coordinator, Bianca Whitner, and a big thank you to King Cora and Lily3PO for creating our incredible theme song. We'd also. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record the Boonarong, Boonwarang and Wurundjeri Woolwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation and the Arakwal people of the Bunjalung Nation.
We pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging.